0: This is the 10 Minute Contrarian Podcast. This is VP. We are a solutions-based podcast diving into the world of contrarian investing and alternative finance. You can find us hosted on the No Nonsense Forex YouTube channel, nononsenseforex.com, and podcast players everywhere. Episode 135 is brought to us by Bybit. Now, as usual, Bybit has a huge promotion coming out. I'll just go ahead and read it off to you. Gear up for the adrenaline rushes. Trade Masters Grand Prix Series 2 is now live. Seize your share of the total prize pool of up to $2.2 million USDT and more rewards. So this is a derivatives trading contest. And those of you who are with Bybit right now, go check your portals for the actual prize breakdown, but they have other things there too. It goes on to say, but wait, there's more. We're offering trading funds rewards, lucky draw rewards, which means you get something just for showing up, deposit to earn rewards, and introducing new VIP perks for you to seize. Don't miss out. Now understand, none of this applies to you unless you have signed up, deposited, and are actively trading on Bybit. And you're going to want to do so because, as we all know, with Bybit, membership has its rewards. It is the 10-Minute Contrarian Podcast, and welcome to the 2024 crypto and metaverse slash gaming predictions episode. We'll have one to go, and that will be next week on energy. But for now, it is time to talk crypto because I think it's just an appropriate time to do so. Uh, We are currently basking in the afterglow of the Bitcoin ETF approval. That really was dominating the entire crypto news cycle for pretty much all of Q4 2023. And we finally got the approval, and everyone who participated, everybody who signed up, got to play. Really interesting there, too, to see how that whole thing is going to shake out. I think we've actually already lost one. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Van Eck has dropped out due to poor initial performance. Uh, Very interesting and very sad, too. I really like Van Eck as an issuer. Um, I like Jan Van Eck. I think he's, he's a visionary in the field. I've always thought he was a real solid dude. And out of all of the ones to potentially drop out, that, that would have been the last one I would have wanted to see. But either way, in terms of inflows, it has gone about as expected. And it's it was expected to be big, and it was. The inflows into the Bitcoin ETFs have already surpassed every ETF that came about in 2023 combined. Now, oddly enough, people were saying that this is already priced in to the market, which which is one of my least favorite sayings ever as a Forex trader. When we deal with news and crap like this, you know, it's irritating when they say after the fact that all this stuff's already priced in. But most of you guys saw me tweet this out. It is not priced in for the long term. And that's what we care about here. This is monumental for the long term prosperity of Bitcoin and most likely most of the crypto ecosystem that we actually care about here. I have never been more bullish on crypto as a whole in my entire life. Now, does that mean I'm bullish for 2024? Stay tuned for that. But what's interesting is I wrote a blog on this too. There are probably four or five scenarios that could have happened with the Bitcoin ETF. And one of them did occur. You had an initial pump. We got all up to $49,000 USD on Bitcoin. And then just a complete adrenaline dump. As we are now currently trading right around, let me look, forty-one thousand five hundred. I didn't really have a prediction on uh, what I thought was going to happen. I did think they were going to get approved, and that that happened. But what happened afterwards um, was, you know, one of those scenarios. And I guess it makes sense. You know, you do again have that big adrenaline dump where all this excitement builds up, and then it finally happens. And you know, if if it didn't immediately shoot up to 70,000 or shoot to new highs then it's like, okay, well, it's here, so let's just go ahead and take our profit that we made on the run-up. These things are almost completely out of the news cycle now, and Bitcoin has been dropping, and altcoins have been dropping more. Now, as far as the year 2024 goes, as I said two episodes ago, the election is going to be significant here. Uh, we have one side that just does not like crypto at all, and we may be in for four more years of that. And we have another side that we are not completely sure about, but we if one thing's for sure, it's going to be at least better than what we currently have now. And I'm saying this only in terms of crypto. We'll talk about the election much more in a future episode. But expect there to be some correlation in the crypto sector as polls come out and things like that. Now, if there is a recession, and my prediction turns out to be wrong for 2024, expect that to have some impact as well. You know, it always does. And as we've always seen up until now, because there has not been a decoupling yet, what happens to Bitcoin will likely determine the future of the altcoin market as well. But the best news about the ETFs in my mind is, two things really, it gives us that avenue for institutional money to come in, which is, I've been saying it for years, is the one thing we really need to approach new highs down the road. And second, it gives Bitcoin some real legitimacy. We have proven to the TradFi world, not only is it now a player in this game, but When all of that money poured into it, it also gave us that social proof that said, hey, look, not only is this thing legit, but people actually want it. And by the way, the really big whales, the really big institutional money has not entered the game yet. That was mostly retail money jumping in early. Now, if you didn't know, Larry Fink of BlackRock has expressed his desire for an Ethereum ETF and others have also applied for an Ethereum ETF on the heels of this. So that could be a narrative going into 2024. If I had to make a prediction on that, I don't think we will see this in 2024. Uh, we're dealing with something very different here. You know, if you thought Gary Gensler hated BTC, he really hates Ethereum. And even people in the crypto world are like, look, you can't really manipulate Bitcoin through the use of ETFs, but you could absolutely manipulate Ethereum. Uh, Now, I don't know exactly how that works, that's above my pay grade, Uh, but I found that to be an interesting side bit. So 2024 should be super fun, but how do we play it? Well, we play it the way we've been playing it. It's pretty obvious by now, or it should be to most people, that the HODL long-term DCA method is undefeated, and that's how we do it here on the show. And do not forget to take profit. So if, you've ha- if you don't follow me on Twitter, one, you should. Links down below in the show notes. Because two, I am very open with the moves I make in the crypto market. And the first place I notify people is on Twitter. So just in case it was going to be up only after the Bitcoin ETF approval, I went ahead and added on positions to Polygon, Matic, and on to Aave. Um, I'll drop a little bit of alpha in this episode right now. I am also currently looking to do that with Chainlink. Um, I've already added on to my Chainlink position. That was a a past episode. Uh, But I'm still looking to add on more. I just haven't found the right spot to do it yet. As to my reasons why, you know, that might be a separate episode or a blog post or something like that. But that's currently what I'm looking at right now. I want even more Chainlink. I want as much as I possibly can, to be honest. And if it becomes my third largest position next to Bitcoin and Cardano, then I am 100% fine with that. And by the way, I will be sharing my opinions on the top 10 cryptos in a future episode, just in case anybody's wondering. But one of the biggest things I did also during this time was take profit on my AVAX positions, Avalanche. Avalanche caught quite the bid. A new narrative came out that we knew from the start... That it was going to be a strong blockchain for gaming, and that took it past four times where my initial investment was. So I took profit just over $45, and just like what happened with the other two take profits that I was very public about ever since I've really been doing this on Twitter, uh, so Trust Wallet and Polkadot, not soon after, price immediately fell. Funny how this always happens, no? As I record this, Avalanche has fallen all the way down to $32.40. And it's not super surprising that this happens. Every time I've taken, profit has been when these things shoot up a lot, really fast. And so it's no surprise that they pull back soon after. But the point remains, even when you don't want to, and nobody was wanting to take profit on Avalanche back then, you still have to. Contrarians, I'm going to say it again. Most of the crypto I buy is free it is purchased with money that I have made by taking profit it's awesome if you can set it up and I've shown you how to do this by having multiple streams of income and by keeping your overhead low while still living a good life which was an entire episode on this podcast itself you can take profit on crypto and not have to put it towards anything else except for more crypto And almost everybody who listens to this podcast is long-term bullish on the crypto market. I know there's a few of you who aren't, and that's fine. You're completely allowed to think that way. You're allowed to disagree. But I would say a good 95% are probably long-term bullish. So why would you not want to buy more crypto now? And you do that right when you make that purchase of a crypto token. You say, okay, and you write it down. You put it on a spreadsheet. I'm going to take profit at this point. And then when it gets there, you actually do it. And that's the problem with most people they don't execute right or wrong i always execute and that's been my superpower so far so i just want to take some time in this episode to remind everybody of that and believe me this won't be the last time i mention it so on to my 2024 predictions for bitcoin and the overall crypto market after this i'll be talking about gaming and the metaverse so if that does not interest you at all you may tune out afterwards But my 2024 prediction for Bitcoin is bullish, and I can actually say this with confidence. Uh, Which also means most of the altcoin market that we care about and the positions that I currently hold, I expect to go up as well. Looking at a year-to-date chart on Bitcoin, it's only sitting a little bit higher than we currently sit right now. It's at 42622 for January 1st, 2024, and I would expect that total to be surpassed by December 31st of 2024. And even if we do see an economic downturn in 2024, unless it's like really like the big one, the really bad one, and everything just falls huge at one time, I think Bitcoin at this stage has the power to not only survive it, but knowing what we know now, and I still wouldn't call it a flight to safety myself, But I think more and more people are going to see it that way. And, you know, younger people over time, they start to make more money. And younger people, if they have a flight to safety, they, I mean, they're going to go to cash. But after that, they typically don't go to gold. They go with what they know and what they're more familiar with. And that might just be Bitcoin this time around. Plus, let's not forget that whole digital scarcity narrative. It's kind of like, I don't know when you buy a yellow car and you, you, you never saw yellow cars before but now you see them all the time for some reason after i put that episode out i'm now finally seeing people catch on and mention the fact that there is only 21 million bitcoin probably far less than that and there should be an absolute land grab in the future for what remains out there i did a blog on this on thursday talking about how a lot of people think you can only buy one bitcoin minimum which is absurd <laughs> but also how it's it's also a flex for rich people and for institutions to have one or more bitcoin when there are only so many out there to be had. You know, if this was just some kind of collectible it wouldn't be a big deal, but we know this is the future of money itself. Globally, it is an absolute phenomenon and the bitcoin ETF inflows prove this. The unserious people have been on board for a long time, but now the serious people are on board. You know, add in the digital scarcity and this is really going to be a big deal. And this narrative is only going to grow and grow and gain more traction over time. So I am mega bullish Bitcoin and most of the cryptos I hold long term for sure. But I would expect nothing but upward momentum overall in the year 2024. As always, go to YouTube and let me know your predictions for Bitcoin and the rest of the crypto market that actually matters in the comments section. And please tell us why. Don't be lazy. Now, on to the metaverse gaming, whatever. We don't even know what we're going to call this yet. GameFi, Web3 Gaming, you know, are we still going to call it the metaverse too? Even though I think the metaverse more pertains to open world metaverses, but not everybody feels that way. Like, we don't know. It's still early. Nothing to get all worked up over. But what is worth getting worked up over is the new narrative that came in Q4 of 2023. Really exciting to see this sector catch the international spotlight the way it did. Again, big shout out to Alex Becker for making this happen. Um, Even though, like I said in the past, I don't really like what he's doing by uh, coming out every week and Pumping these things up. I would like to see a market where the dumb money flushes out like they're supposed to and then people like us come in and scoop these things up on the cheap But the more Alex talks the less this happens But remember what I said too, uh, and I so far I've been right about this We'll see how it plays out, but I said you know this this narrative is great, but I still think it's too early Keep in mind. I watched this space very closely And I think we might have a miniature version of what we had in 2021. You know, a lot of us are dumb. We we don't know how long it takes to make a game. It takes a long time, even a very simple game. And we honestly thought in 2021 that we would be playing and earning a good amount of money in 2022. That's not how it works. A lot of these games are not even close to being playable yet. In 2024, I don't expect a whole lot of really top level playable games to be out there. I expect some titles to come out, and there's going to be fanfare around those titles. But the moment we're waiting for, where you start having you know, all these influencers on YouTube saying, "I've been making five hundred dollars a day by playing this play-to-earn game," you know that it's not, it's not going to click with most gamers until narratives like this really start to proliferate, because we know it's going to work. Axie Infinity was a great model. It was a really basic game and not a very exciting game, but you could make money playing it. And because of that, it absolutely exploded. A very basic, low-level game exploded because there was real opportunity to make money. And to a lesser degree, DeFi Kingdoms, the same thing. DeFi Kingdoms looks like, you guys remember Dragon Warrior? (laughs) It was the most basic-looking game ever. And even that caught a bid. For a while, because people were making real money playing it. Now, imagine games which are very similar to things like Call of Duty and Pokemon and Dota and Team Fight Tactics come out, but instead of doing nothing but shoveling money into it and getting nothing back, what you make and what you earn becomes yours. And you can not only make active and passive income by way of gaming tokens, but also by the NFTs you make and the NFTs you can buy and sell. You can't tell me that over time that is not going to become appealing to most gamers, regardless of what they think about it now. Remember, they didn't want to download their games back in 2010. They wanted something they could actually hold. You know, not even a year later, everybody was downloading their games. People hated Freemium. They hated it with a passion. But not even one or two years after that, the largest games in the world were adopting this model and being very, very successful with it. So I don't care if people don't like this idea now. I don't care if you don't like this idea now. I am mega bullish on it for the future. But in 2024, I think we're only going to see a few real titles come out. And I think the media is probably going to focus more on the mistakes or the fumbles that these titles make along the way. Because the first ones out are always going to be the ones that make the mistakes for the other games to come in and learn from. Just like Axie Infinity did. As soon as the value of their token dropped, and it became no longer economical for people to play this game, then everything completely fell apart and crashed. The key going forward is to make a fun game that you can also make a lot of money from and have sustainability. And we will see that. So this narrative comes about, everything pumps, and now they're pulling back, as I predicted. You know The narrative itself has not changed. All the excitement should still be there. The only thing that has changed is the price of some of these tokens that you probably wanted, but ran away from you. Or, in our case, larger cap tokens like AVAX, like IMX, like ILV. And there are other large Layer 1s and Layer 2s that are going to play a large part in this whole move as well. I fully expect Polygon and Ethereum to be right there too. I expect BNB to be there too, for what it's worth, even though I don't own that token anymore. I expect Chainlink to play a part and solana is certainly going to be there too so there are a number of ways you can play this but i will say i think 2025 is really going to be the year where these things take off i hate making time predictions you guys know i'm always too early but my only real prediction for the gaming sector the web 3 gaming sector in 2024 is this is probably going to be your last year to get in Because once this thing really takes off and this ecosystem starts moving and people start earning and it becomes the new way people choose to play games, I mean, we're talking about a $480 billion a year industry here, contrarians. And if we are right, you can still get in very cheap. Now to round off the show, uh, a quick update on the three Web3 projects that I'm uh, deepest into alluvium is expected to fully come out in spring 2024 i don't believe that they they never hit their deadlines so i would expect more summer maybe early fall but they really are shooting for 2024 which is exciting this is the first triple a release to fully come out in the web 3 sector there are many different ways you can participate in this. Like like I said, you can just go passive and buy the ILV token. You can stake it for revenue distribution, which I think is very exciting. I will definitely be doing that. Or you can buy uh, land NFTs, like I've done, uh, because people are going to need fuel to play the game, create shards to actually trap the alluvials, and craft weapons and armor. And all of that is going to be produced by landholders, now, that's only scratching the surface of what you can do. And right now, you can get most land in Alluvium for less than the cost of what I paid for during the initial Dutch auction. Just saying. Not financial advice, not a recommendation. But I'm happy to be in. Super excited. Cornucopius on the Cardano blockchain is... They are moving along really fast. But I still don't expect this to be a fully playable game until 2025 but again you can invest in the token ticker symbol copi which is currently available on two blockchains cardano and ethereum so you can pick here or you can also buy land in this game you can buy uh, racing vehicles you can do all sorts of stuff and again 2024 might be your last chance to really get in at the price you want Uh, cardania on the cardano blockchain is going to be the other one this is something you can already play i've been playing and earning in this game for over a year now Cardania is going to be many different games. The uh, the strategy game is already out. But what I think is really going to move the needle is the card game. I've become friends with the founder over time, and I keep telling him, like, you need to push this card game out. There are so many card games coming out in Web3. IMX alone already has like 15 or 16 in the queue. You You have the chance to be an early mover here, and early movers have done very, very well. Gods Unchained, um, recently Parallel, uh, which is a decent card game. It's not great, but there's an absolute demand for these things. And right now, if you want to play, you can get the cards very, very cheap compared to all of the other Web3 card games that are out there. And as is often the case with Cardania, every NFT you purchase has multiple uses. Now, their native token, ticker symbol RAD, is, has dropped a lot. There was a couple whale wallets that just had a lot of this token, and they dumped. But to me, that's one of the few things holding it back right now. And when we see this card game come out, and if it can also make the price of the token go up as well, to me, there is no bigger bang for the buck out there. And the community is super awesome. And I get so much free stuff just by staking my ADA into their staking pool. I love it. It's awesome. I love this whole space. I can't wait. I love crypto. I love metaverse gaming. Bullish on all of it. Definitely bullish on Bitcoin and the crypto ecosystem in 2024. Happy to share these predictions with you. Let's f and go. As the traditional markets have now proven, when it comes to this whole cryptocurrencies thing, we were not crazy. We were just early.